At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I would bet he goes. I would, de- I would take the You're bet saying he goes. He's I don't know which team, but I would bet he goes. All right. Let's bet um, lunch. Lunch? Lunch? In the cafeteria? Yeah, screw that. Let's like, seven, you know, $7 maximum. Somewhere, no, that's bullshit. Too. You get a salad, we have to weigh it before just... I buy it. Oh, baby, we're back. Clap, Clap it up it for up. the start today. We're back. We are back. We are socially distanced at Central Park here at NBC Sports in Stanford, Connecticut. Are we six feet? I, I don't know. I don't, it doesn't look like. I mean, I always look at it when I see people on TV. I go, wait. If I laid down across this table right yeah. now, I think my head would touch you, so it's very close, actually. <laughs> uh, either way, we have our masks. We do. Masks yeah. handy, masks off, right? You don't know that song, yeah. Future Mask Off. Do you what, know that what song? Would, what would cause us to put the masks on? Like, if we started to feel, like, a little different? Like, we just throw the masks on mid-pod? Well, if you started to cough or anything like that, I'm throwing it on. <laughs> I'm definitely going there. We got our friends here with us. They're all back, baby. All Looking good. Why are you putting Dalvin Cook, Florio's favorite running back? Like back there with no one can see him. There's a reason for that. That's messed up. Why? Because you're a hater. Top heavy. Super <laughs> oh, top heavy. Oh, He'll fall over. Yeah. Unless he has the support of his he's got friends a big here. head. Is what you're telling me. Oh, he's a huge head. Gosh. Odell you know Beckham those. and Sam Darnold. So they're helping him. They're helping him right there. You know what I didn't? I'm speaking of masks, and I I don't think I told you this, and I meant to like two weeks ago. And yeah. you know me, I like to start with an obscure story to yeah. start the podcast. Uh-huh. Two weeks ago at dinner, my first dinner out at a restaurant. Here and you know since COVID nineteen, wow. got the wife and the two kids. Yeah, we'll right, a little bit everything do, going well. I mean, that's the encouraging thing around this area. People are wearing their masks. You go to a restaurant, you do anything like that. People Connecticut's are being super safe. Super about safe, it. Yeah. no doubt about it. So go to this restaurant, sitting there. All right, and as I'm sitting there, Martha Stewart walks in, <laughs> and. Like, there's not, I, I was, that was a big deal. Now, she had a mask a on, right? Deal. Because yeah. as, you enter the, as you enter the restaurant, masks are on. You know, every table was like 10 feet right. apart. So then when you sat at your table, you were allowed to take them off. But, but you like, could tell it was her still. Oh, I just mean, with I, the, just I with could the tell. Eyes and, like, did she have Martha Stewart written on her uh, <laughs> No, mask? she did not. She had the same mask I did. But, like, come oh, on, Martha wow. Stewart? Huge. Like, to me, that was, like, one of the first two women... I ever knew about, like in the entertainment industry. It was like Oprah and Martha Stewart for my mom. <laughs> Two huge icons. That's all yeah. it was. So I'm sitting there. We just sat down. I think I've maybe ordered my drink or whatever, and I look up, and she's walking at me, and I'm like, oh, my God. And I want to be, like, total fanboy and, like, tap on my legs wife yeah. to be like, there's Martha Stewart. But she's literally walking right at me, so I, I have to play it cool. And then as uh-huh. she goes by me, I'm like, that was Martha Stewart. Did, she, did cool. she notice, too? 
Uh, my wife? Yeah, before you said anything? Uh, no, because her back was turned, yeah. so she didn't know, So, but I just had to share that. So you've had two experiences. One time you saw Derek Jeter out. Yes. Right? Right. I, he was one of your favorite players. One of my favorites ever. Bought my wife a drink that night. And so he did, yep. right? Yeah. And so you had Martha Stewart. Yeah, who, are who you didn't more, buy me a drink. Who were you more <laughs> nervous to approach? Obviously, I guess it was Martha Stewart, right? Well, I, we didn't, didn't approach. It's a little weird time to be approaching COVID-19. people at the table, yeah. right? You yeah. know, like, hey, you don't know me, but do you mind if I come over here and breathe on you? And I've been super safe. Yeah. Uh, no, but the Jeter thing was one where I was like, truly like, I think that's Derek Jeter. Because yeah. I couldn't even see him. I could just see the shape of the back of his head. But so many Yankee games through the years, I knew it was him. All, All right. right. So we've been, we've been safe. We have been apart for, what, four months now. Pete did the research. Last time we did a show Damn. together at this desk was March 12th. That was episode 132. We're at 175 right now. Okay. It's been that long. Wow. Since I've seen you me? your face. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then, because usually we have a delay at some point, and you have to bow out and uh, come back in. We don't have that concern today. Nothing. This is All like real deal in person. I don't even know how to talk to people in person I, anymore. It is. It's like like, awkward, I'll, I'll right? be honest with you. It feels <laughs> weird sitting here. It takes some getting used to it. I'm looking at your face being like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> He's uglier than I remembered. This is like, this is like Chris Sims sitting right next to me. Um, it is going to take some getting used to to getting back in the real world because um, it's almost like in a weird way we've gotten comfortable with just talking to people you know, via our camera, or looking into the camera, not yeah. even looking at their faces, right. looking into the camera while we're talking to them. But we're back. We're, we're back, baby. It. We got a good one. We got lots of good football. We stuff. got a lot of good foot, uh, football here. We got uh, Alex Smith coming back. We'll talk about that in a second. We got training camp battles. Yeah. So we're going to look. Pete was listing a ton of them here. There's some good ones out uh, there. Quarterback, running back, wide receivers, linebackers, cornerbacks. So we're going to look at them all. You're going to give your percentage of what you think is going to happen week one starter. Okay. Right? Okay. okay. So that's the good. camp battles. Good. Make me spit out. I've numbers given your assignment yeah <laughs> they have to add up to 100 we i think to. i can do it pete will be there with his calculator uh a huge influx of uh legs and ass guys oh i so, know you know players are at practice now they're going to be putting on pads very soon um today is that today yeah We're, today's yeah. the first day uh, other than the the chiefs and the texans those are the only two teams that have been allowed in pads so far got it and so we're getting to see players in shorts and uh, their uniform a lot of legs and ass submitted for you to review uh, got some pushback on George Kittle as the undisputed number one tight end in football. I figured I would. Um, so we got that. And uh, after the pause, it won't be included in this one, we're going to break down. We talked about it. You teased it. We yeah. want to do some chalk. Right. We want to stand up. We're going to let you stand up, which we haven't done in a long time. And you're going to the whiteboard. You're going to um, diagram some plays. Won't be part of this pod. Separate video, though. Separate video. Plays that uh, seem to come out on social media every eight to nine months where Gruden tells me a play as a rookie, like my third or my first week in camp. I can't spit them out. Yeah. So, finally, Pete did a little, 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 little lightest. Yeah. And Matt Casey were like, how about we, like, show people what these plays actually are and teach them a little bit. So, yeah, that'll be on a separate video here. Uh, but, but, yeah, it should be cool nonetheless and maybe make some sense of Gruden's language for everybody out there. All right, so let's get right into it with Alex Smith. Boom. He is back. He is back on the football field for the Washington football team. Uh, two years ago, it looked like he probably wouldn't be back. Right? right? Broke his leg, multiple you know, compound fractures. Then you have an infection. You're, he's not only worried about losing his leg, he's worried about uh, losing a life at, at some point yeah. there if, if it goes sideways on Definitely. him. Um, so he has come back. By all accounts, I mean, he's such a good dude and obviously a hard worker here. I think just first of all, I mean, just seeing him back back in a uniform, back with the football team is 
That's incredible, and it's a, a testament to the man that he is. Yeah, no, I think that's that's well said, and I think that's correct. Like uh, Alex Smith is, first off, you know, one of those guys when you meet him in person where you just go, oh, man, this is just a normal good guy. He had no ego, even though he was the number one pick in the draft and he's got $100 million in the bank, and you just go, man, I could hang out with Alex Smith on a Sunday and watch some football and drink some beers or whatever, yeah. play ping pong, shoot pool, whatever it is. So he's great that way, but loves football. And, you know, I put him in that category of lives football. I mean, he does. Takes it home with him. It consumes his life. I'm shocked we're here. Like, shocked. I really didn't think it was going to happen. I thought, eh, you know, ooh, that was a bad injury. Ooh, complications with surgery. Mid-30s, right? What is he right now? Something like, yeah, yeah, I think you want to say he's 36, maybe 37, right around there. I just thought, eh, we've seen the last of him. But, you know, he kept saying, we're going to, you know, I'm, I want to play again. I want to play again. And I didn't really believe him when he was saying that. I kind of was like, yeah, sure. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. But here we are, 36 years old. Yeah. And, you know, got a lot of talk about a few weeks ago about, oh, I think he's going to be able to practice, but he was still on the pup because, okay, there's one thing before him saying, hey, you're healthy. Yeah. There's another thing before you get the total green light. Huge hurdle to get, actually be like, okay, you can take you hits can practice. from an NFL linebacker. Right. Yeah. Or, or they want you to be healthy enough to where you're not going to get in harm's way or you can get out of harm's way. Sure. Right? You know, if you're – like, think about it. You're a quarterback with a bad leg. You can't move around the pocket good. I don't care what team you're on or what practice you are. Somebody's going to fall in the pocket at some point during a practice. And if you can't hop out of the wet way or save your leg or get out of the way that way – you're, you're, you're liability almost that way, too. So it's good to see him back there. And, hey, it's, it throws a little interesting wrench into the Redskins quarterback situation. Yeah. I, I still think when you look at it, and I think the story, the great story is that Alex Smith comes back and he gets a starting job. But I think when you look at it overall, he's going to need to significantly outperform Dwayne Haskins, I think. I think it's going to need to be significant for, for them to pull the trigger on that. And I know that Ron Rivera wasn't the guy that, that drafted yeah, Dwayne right, Haskins, right. so that may give Alex Smith a little bit of, a, of an advantage. But you have a team that you hope is building and growing for years into the future. Is that going to be Alex Smith? Probably not. I would love to see him on the field, and yeah. I hope it does happen at some point for, for whatever reason that we, we get to see him out there. I just think he's going to have to significantly outperform him. What do you think? I, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, this is something that we had a conversation today on Pro Football Talk with Mike a little bit because it, it, it is an interesting scenario. You know, okay, yeah, you got Alex Smith, but like you said, we know what he is. You kind of know his ceiling and what he can bring to the table as a quarterback. And, you know, there's some stability in that. He can manage a game. He's not going to mess up certain situations. You know, he's, he's a guy, again, I put in that Tyrod Taylor conversation where, sometimes where you, Teddy Bridgewater would go, he doesn't lose you games, right. but he doesn't necessarily win you games. And I don't know if that's something you always want to build on going into the future. And I think that's why in Kansas City they're like, hey, Alex, you're doing really good, but we think the future's better with this other guy, Mahomes. Yeah, and it happened in San Francisco with Right, Colin it happened Kaepernick in San Francisco too. too. And I think yeah. it's the same thing because I think with Alex Smith, a lot of the times – you know, I, I for a time, for a long time, called him Charlie Checkdown. That's wherever the nickname came from. It was Alex Smith. I'd so many years I'd be watching film, going, "Oh my gosh, there's somebody open for a 50-yard bomb." What? Four yards to the back. Oh my gosh, there goes the tight end down the middle for a 40-yard gain. What? Check yeah. down to the back. What? So I, that's what bothered me about him. So what you're saying too? Yeah, I think I agree with you a hundred percent. You know. They're, we're not expecting the Redskins to be in the playoffs. Redskins, Washington, yeah. shit. Yeah. Sorry. We'll, we're not expecting. We'll bleep that out. Yes. That'll be, yeah. The, the R can, word, not the shit part. I like shit, okay? <laughs> we're going to leave shit in there. 
But you can drop an F-bomb. That's fine. We will not bleep that out. <laughs> yes. Actually, I think we do on YouTube, not in the podcast. Yeah, but, um, like, yeah. but I, I think the point you make is real. You know, you, you have a team that's not expected to make the playoffs this year or be in that conversation, but you have some young pieces to build around and maybe build something that can be a mainstay for, like, you know, six, seven, eight right. years. I mean, hey, Chase Young, you know. Chase Young at DN, the two Alabama boys at defensive tackle, Terry McLaurin at wide receiver, you know. Uh, of course, Dwayne Haskins, uh, the, the kid they drafted, you know, I'm blanking on his name and it's going to kill me, the running back, uh, they, Antonio Gibson from Memphis, who's kind of a weapon running back slash receiver. You know, so to me, there's something there to go, ooh, we could have a nucleus here of something kind of cool and exciting. Yeah. And the only way you're going to build that is to be on the field together and play and do that. So I think your point about, like, Alex Smith is going to have to handily or convincingly win it is, to me, the point. Yeah. I, Ty goes to the runner. Ty goes to Dwayne Haskins. Ty goes to the top 20 pick. Ty goes to the guy who's more talented and has more upside, right? And to me, that all answers Dwayne Haskins. So for me, I look at it and just go, yeah, Alex Smith – Okay, it's great. I, I'm with you. It would be cool if he got to play somehow, some way. But I think when you just look at the future of the Redskins, and I know it's not the regime that pitched, picked Dwayne Haskins, regardless, you have him, and he does have big talent. And yes, played for, well at the end of the year, too. He I played think he really built, well. He got better as the year went no on. No doubt. That's what I mean. So everything is going in the right direction. And, you know, we know what Alex is, and I think it is. I think if it, it would have to be a landslide of Alex Smith outperforming Dwayne Haskins on a daily basis mm-hmm. and Dwayne Haskins having some sort of, you know, dysfunction about his game, you know, that comes up every few right. days to where the coaching staff is just like, woof, man, he's, he's got talent. He forces their hand. But just I just like can't, can't trust him because it's just We're doing more mistakes. harm to him by throwing him out there. we got to get him right Exactly here. Yeah, right, yeah. right. So if it gets to that, then you see Alex Smith. But I really expect Dwayne Haskins from everything we've heard. And, I, you know, it seems like it's going in the right direction. And I think his talent will clearly shine yeah. over Alex Smith when all said and done. As too. a preview for what we're about to do with the camp battles, yeah. what percent chance do you think that Dwayne Haskins is the starter Week one for Washington. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go pretty high here, like 95%. Wow. Yeah, I am. I, you know, I, I think that Dwayne Haskins, just from little people I've heard, you know, that I've known through the Ohio State program through the years, you know, people that know him specifically, and then what I saw on the field at the end of the year and even college, you know, I, this is a good kid. You know, we've talked about him being young and immature, but I think he realizes what he's got to do here. Yeah. And I think he's made a lot of strides into becoming a better pro. And the talent, like we've talked about really ever since the draft, you know, he's big, better athlete than he gets credit for. And then the arm, it, it's got some special components to where his down-the-field throwing, his 20-yard in-cuts, his 25-yard deep crossers, he can throw those type of routes with the best of them. And they have some guys that can capitalize on those type of throws within an offense. I would say, and there's this idea that Alex Smith, if he doesn't win the job, will be, a, you know, the good soldier and be a, be a team guy, which I think he will. Man. Yeah. He's just a good right. guy, and he doesn't want to ultimately hurt the team. But, but I will say that it, it, you don't try to come back for two years and go quietly into the night. No, definitely you know, not. He's not. I'm not going to say he's going to be a problem for him if he's not playing, but he's going to desperately want to play I mean you you can't go through all he's gone through and then when it comes time to like play and you think you're ready just be like oh whatever I'm not, I'm not gonna play 
I'm glad you brought him up. Could be a little bit of a problem. I, I, well, yeah, he's because there's no pressure on him. Yeah. You know, he's back like, I'm not even supposed to be here. This is awesome. Maybe he will throw that post down the middle that I've been complaining about for the last 12 years. Maybe now he's going to be like, fuck it. I wasn't even going to play. True. Yeah. I was done. I was on the couch. I might have lost my leg. Now I'm out here. Let me throw it as hard as I'm I can new down man. the middle. Yeah. Right. I mean, he really is. He will be able to play with that card of nothing to lose. Oh, my gosh. I'm so grateful to be back out here and all those things. I mean, I know I got to that point just in my own personal life when I lost my spleen. Yeah. I went, went to, like, the phases of, like, okay, am I going to be able to, like, get off the couch and walk around here soon? Okay, I can do that. Okay, am I going to be able to live a normal life here soon? Oh, okay, I'm. Oh, yeah, I am. Okay, can I start to work out now? Oh, yep. Okay, I work yeah. out. Ooh, I feel pretty good. Wait, am I crazy? Do I want to play football again too? Yes, I do. Okay, let's play. And then you just start to break down these barriers, and yeah. each one you go through. Like I can remember getting on the practice field my first time when I was, you know, close to as hundred percent as I was ever going to get after my injury, and just like it was like I was in a field of flowers and. <laughs> There was just everything in the world was yeah. the way I wanted it to be, right? Where I just was, like, so happy. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm out here throwing. Nothing's bothering me. Yeah. I'm with the team and all those things. And uh, I'm sure he's going to have some of those feelings, too. Then you threw one bad pass, and you're like, damn it, right back to depression. And this is what I was like. <laughs> yeah, damn football. It's torture. I hate this. Get me out of here. Um, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pin you down here, just like we did with Andrew Luck. Okay. Uh, last week, yeah. Your top forty, yeah. If you had to put Alex Smith in your top forty, Kristen has brought it up right now. Which, by the way, I've missed having Kristen. She was in our ears for a little while there yeah. when we were doing FaceTime, uh, but she's back there navigating us through this, giving uh, the YouTube audience the visual props. And so she just popped up the top forty quarterback countdown. Where are you going to put him? Let's assume he's healthy, right? Yeah, right. But we also assume that he hasn't played football in two years because he has not done no, that. So no. where would you where would you put him? Yeah, this is uh, it's a good one. Okay, I-, I can sit here and honestly tell you there is no way I'm putting him anywhere in the top 26. All right. Okay. You know, I'm not putting him in front of Joe Burrow. I'm not putting him in front of Andy Dalton. I'm not putting him in front of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mm. Now, you get into the Teddy Bridgewater, Gardner Minshew, Nick Foles. Okay, I really, realistically, now that I look at it and just nail it down, I think I would probably put him in that 35 range. Mm. I think I'd probably That's put, perfect. like, Jared Stidham, move him down to 36. Is that what you were guessing That's I'd exactly, go exactly, because if you put him ahead of Tyrod, I'm, I would have thought, I, would you really, if you were the Chargers, if you had the choice between Tyrod Taylor and Alex Smith, would you go with Alex Smith? No. I was like, probably not. No, probably not. Exactly yeah. right. And I think, you know, Tyrod Taylor did go to the playoffs two years ago with the Buffalo Bills, the year Alex Smith got hurt and all of that, too. And, and we have to take into account – we're not talking about the same Alex Smith we saw before right. the injury. We're talking about a guy who hasn't played for two years and, of course, is not going to be, like, hopping around the pocket at the ex- at same level he was before that injury uh, either, at least at first. So, yeah, I think realistically that's about where I would put him. You're okay but, with that? I'm, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's okay. where I would have done it, too. Okay, good. I, that checks good. out. Okay, good. Uh, okay, so that leads us into, since that'll be a camp battle with Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins, Leads us into camp battles here. This is where Chris tries to add up two numbers uh, that equal 100. Tries. Okay. That'll be a big part big. of this whole thing. Big. We've got Pete has listed a bunch here. I think it was like 30 minutes ago. I was like, what are the camp battles that Pete has listed here? I was like, there's like three. 
and then just like that. There's ten. Like off the top of his head, we got ten. Yeah. We got like five running or five quarterbacks, I think, four running backs, a couple wide receivers, linebacker, and corner. So are you ready? Let's do it. Are you ready? Okay. So we're gonna start with the quarterbacks. Okay. You've already done Alex Smith, Dwayne Haskins. You said ninety-five percent Dwayne Haskins. How about a guy you just mentioned there? We just uh, you just put Alex Smith ahead of him, Jarrett Stidham, for the New England Patriots. You got Cam Newton, you got Jarrett Stidham. And then uh, Pete throws in there, or I guess Brian Hoyer as well. How, how right. do you see the percentages stacking up between those guys? Yeah, all right. There's no way Hoyer. Hoyer's getting 0%. Okay. There's no chance of starting at any point this year unless both guys in front of them get hurt. I, I believe that. So now it becomes between Cam and Jared Stidham. And, again, I just want to reassure everybody, the whole offseason, the New England Patriots thought their starting quarterback was Jared Stidham. They weren't like – telling everybody it's Jared Stidham and laying in the weeds for Cam Newton. No, from my understanding, this is all things that came about very in June. Some conversations kicked it off, and it all went from there. Okay, mm-hmm. So their plan was to go with Stidham. And then they realized, well, we can get Cam Newton, and we can get him for this price and all those type of things. I- I'm expecting Cam Newton to be the starting quarterback. I am. Now, am I going to say 100%? No, I'm not. I'm not. You know, And you've heard my concern with Cam Newton. My biggest concern with Cam Newton is not like – Anything physically. It's just going to be about the day-to-day rigors of playing in New England. The details, no pats on the back. Can you be humble, keep your head down, keep working during a bad day when they do shit on you for your bad day too and go, what the hell are you thinking? What was this throw? What are you doing? Can you bounce back the next day and be like, scratch it off, clean slate, here we go again today? Those are the things that I question a little bit. You heard one of his old teammates and Kyle Love who played in New England and then went to Carolina to play with him wondered the same thing. That's what mm. I've said from the start. I just wonder. That's, that's what happened to Ocho Cinco. Yeah. That's what happened to Albert Hainsworth. You know, they I were mean, used... Ron Rivera wasn't necessarily like a lovey-dovey player's no, coach, though. No, not a lovey-dovey player's coach, but Cam, because he was a special entity in the first pick of the draft and he was capable of winning games by himself, yeah, they, can't, they kind of gave him the red carpet treatment. Sure. And as you know, that's not going to happen in New England. So I think when I all look at it all said and done, I'm going to go like 90-10 Cam Newton. I think they're, you know, Cam's not going to have like a smooth day every day there. But I think New England, too, their coaching staff's realistic to go, okay, he's learning. This is new. And I think they'll continue to build with everything that he can do and bring to the table on the offensive side of the ball. So I'm going to go 90-10, 85-15, somewhere right in there. All right, Pete's adding them up, and both of those add up to 100. Thank you. Thank you very much. So uh, real quick, how different are these camp battles this year? Because I think you have one train of thought is that, you know, if a coach has in mind that he wants to go with someone with no preseason games, they're probably going to go with that someone. Nothing that happens in practice will change their mind. You could argue maybe that's always been the case, and we've always kind of overhyped preseason games, and the coaches have not done that. Yeah. How much different do you think it is? How much chance do players have in practice to change the coach's mind? Uh, yeah, it's not as great as years be- years before. That's for sure. You're you're right about that. But it's still going to be enough competition, and especially where we put pads on, to where, you know, there'll be a handful of positions on every team where it's a legit competition. You know, there's no, yeah, there's a preconceived notion of, ooh, I think this guy will win it when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. But the coaches go into it with an open mind and just evaluate it for what it is. You know, I've, I've seen both where, ooh, we expect this guy to win it. 
And then all of a sudden it's getting towards the late training camp and you start to notice when you start to go in there for reps, you go, ooh, wait, they're putting the other guy in. He's starting yeah. now. He's with the starting defense. Sure. You know, ooh, I didn't expect that. You know, and then sometimes the guy that does win. But, like, I think, you know, that's what's interesting about this scenario with these two is you have one guy who's going to have the experience of practicing with the Patriots and Stidham and know the offense, and it's going to be all to look good. But he hasn't played in a game yet, really, other yeah. than some makeup, you know, end-of-the-game duty against the Jets where he threw a pick six on, like, the first or second pass, whatever that right. was. And then you have a Cam Newton where you're going to have to go – you have to have this in your brain a little bit if you're the coaches in New England and go, wait, we can't expect him to be as smooth as Stidham in practice. But let's not forget, wait, MVP, smooth as hell in the games. He's played and has that experience where the other guy doesn't. Yeah. So they're going to have to weigh those factors out. But, yeah, I would think there's less changing over the roster or drastic moves that way as compared to years past. Because the game ultimately does – force the hand of the coaches a lot of the times. Let's just say you have a first a first team safe strong safety and a second team strong safety. All right, first team strong safety, he's kind of he's won every day in training camp so far, let's say. Just by a little though. He's just, mm-hmm. just a little. Oh, preseason came number one. Yeah, he did good, but man, that number two guy, he was all over the place making plays. Man, okay, that game is going to hold more stock to where coaches are going to go back and watch the film, and they're going to go, man, did you see him? And, of course, the coaches put something into it with, like, the fans are there, the lights are on, the TV's on, this guy likes playing the games, he's a gamer, he's a gamer, right? right?" And then you start questioning maybe, well, maybe what I'm seeing in practice is not indicative of what really is reality. Exactly. Maybe he actually is doing better in practice, and I just noticed it because of the game. Well, maybe that is true, too. Maybe you're being too hard on him, or you're being picky with him because he's a younger guy, and you want him to be, you know, a hair more more detailed like the old guy yeah. right so there's those things but those game moments are the ones eventually that go to totally swing the coaching staff and then sure. of course what also it can do is get the fan base and the media behind it too that also put more pressure on the coaching staff and things to go ooh, okay so yeah. now you have one game like that they might still go, okay, hey, first stringer, you're still the first stringer, second stringer. But you get to that second preseason game and that same result happens, yeah. I can promise you at that next Tuesday practice after that second preseason game, there will be a change in the starting lineup when you go through the first walkthrough with that defense. You're going to go, ooh, the starter is officially the backup. Yeah. And so the it's funny. Some of these competitions might not get going really until like week three I, of the regular season. A hundred percent. Week three or week How four. can it be with yeah. all these limited right. pad practices and not being able to see guys and how they react in those environments. And, and us not putting pressure on the coaches by asking those questions. That's <laughs> yes, right, right, part of it. right. No, it's a, it's a crazy year from that so standpoint. So if the Dolphins have in their minds that Tua Tonga-Vailoa is going to be the backup, at least in the beginning of the year, uh, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the starter, then it's going to be tough to change their minds. How do you see uh, that one? Yeah, and, and we're doing this like week one percentage, right? Week one. Yeah, yeah. like week Tua, one, game one, snap right. one. Tua's getting in there at some point this year, all right? But I think week one, snap one, you know, I, I'm going to go pretty high here with Fitzpatrick and say 95 to 5. I think this is like 95% Fitzpatrick, 5% Tua with a – Okay, let's just get the game, the, the team off, run in, and see what goes from here. And we'll find the right place during the season to throw Tua in and let him be the starter and take off from there. But, like, yeah, I do, you know, Fitzpatrick's a playmaker. Um, Tua, of course, has better all around physical ability than Fitzpatrick. But I think between the coming off the injury and then 
you know, this current circumstances, yeah, I'm going to give Fitzpatrick the advantage, and especially he's been in this offense before. Right. And it seems like the Dolphins are pretty steadfast on, you know, this is what they want to do. Again, if we had preseason football, that I would have probably a different thought on this. Sure. I would not be 95-5 or 90-10 to 10 because I would go, no, they're going to they're gonna want Tua to look good, yeah. and then Tua's going to look good, and then he's going to make a few plays on his own because he's Tua and he's got talent to where then it's going to be the second and third preseason game, and the fan base is going to be like, whoa, whoa, why don't we play him? Why don't we play him? And everybody's going to clamor for it, and that yeah. puts pressure on organizations. That won't be there. That's why I think they'll stay with uh, Fitz early. Man, I just got super sad picturing Tua getting significant minutes in a preseason game. It's right sad. I, like, oh, I know. That would have been so fun to watch. It's, I'm dying. I Talking mean, about him going, you know, 10 for 14 for 130 right. yards and a right. touchdown. Uh, so 95, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 5% to uh, the 5% maybe that, you know, Ryan eats something bad or uh, yeah. stretching uh, mishap before the game. Uh, you got to factor that in there as a 5% that he <laughs> could get to start week, week one. Uh, this one's good. We've talked about this one all throughout uh, the offseason. Yeah. Bears starting quarterback, oh. Mitchell Trubisky, Nick Foles, week one starter. This one's a tough one. I, I do give the edge here to Foles. And I've seen some people, like, when I've talked about, you know, um, um, system familiarity, People have I've seen on social media a few times when I've made these things and been like, no, Trubisky's been in this offense two years. Nick Foles, this is his first year in it. No, no, no. Nick Foles has been in this offense like his whole freaking career. Mm. It's, it's his whole career. Doug Peterson runs this offense. He came from Kansas City. Okay? Stop telling me my fucking job, everybody. All right? I hate that shit. I hate that shit sometimes. They're like, well, what are you talking about? You know, he played in Kansas City with Andy Reid. You know, so he knows the system. So there's not a great advantage there. All right. To me, though, this is a close one. And I think, really, again, I favor Nick Foles here. I do. I, th- I favor Nick Foles, his ability to execute under pressure. You know, I think his consistency. i got to see the Trubisky thing to believe it. You know, whether Trubisky cleaned up some of his mechanics and been working on some of the things that make him a better quarterback, I, I can't believe, until, believe in them until I see him. So I'm going to go, like, 55-45, Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. All right. I think it is close. Uh, I think ultimately, though, Foles will make more big throws in practice and have less mistakes. And I think that'll just be enough to give him the edge, let alone we know Trubisky's a jump-off point for right. Bears fans anyways. And you've made this point before, too, right? And I, I don't think I'm mixing this up, that it's easier to go from Nick Foles, the guy that the, the fan base wants to see, right? right. They're like, hey, give this other guy a shot. We've seen Mitchell Trubisky. We know what he can do. You go with Nick Foles. And if he falters, then you go with Mitchell Trubisky. Where it's, if it's the other way around and you go with Trubisky and he falters, everyone's like, well, what did you expect? Yeah, right. We've should've, seen this for two years. Should have gone with Foles week one. Exactly. To me, that or, – or Foles, even if he doesn't fall – I mean, if Trubisky starts and doesn't even falter and just has a few rough moments like yeah. we've talked about, everyone's going to be, boo, boo, you suck. Now, no fans this year? Yeah. You know, I don't know. It is a different aspect of it. But yeah. I don't think it's still going to change the evaluation process for these coaches as far as just, like, what they're doing on the practice field daily. Maybe Matt Nagy won't know he sucks without that one <laughs> without fan the boo. yelling at him. Nick, <laughs> Nagy, he's missed the last ten passes. Oh, shit, he has? I didn't know. Thanks for telling me. Thanks, sir. Uh, okay, last quarterback one here. This is the Raiders. This is Derek Carr versus Marcus Mariota. Now, you might not think this is a – a quarterback battle, 
But the Raiders do love themselves uh, some Marcus Mariota and talking down Derek Carr. So the Raiders have done this <laughs> yeah, to they themselves. Do. So, they do. So what would you put the percentages on that? Uh, I'm 100 to zero. Derek Carr will be the starting quarterback week one. There's no doubt. Derek Carr, you know, as I've argued during the quarterback rankings, and, you know, I hope you've listened to me and the things I've said, there is top-end talent to be really excited about with Derek Carr. You know, it's just about, you know, like we've said, letting it loose, make some big throws, throw the ball into some tight windows. Nobody's open, scramble, dance around the pocket, make a play happen that way. You know, I know Gruden's like – going to be, you know, fascinated with Marcus Mariota running in practice with nobody tackling him. Like, oh, whoa. He was already praising him. I, I know. That's what I mean. And he's going he's gonna to continue to do that. What would you say? We got, a, we got a clip of this? Oh, oh, oh the meme. Oh. oh, the meme. Oh, you talked and, about it on Pro Football. Well, yeah. right. And, you know, yes, when you, when you play quarterback for John Gruden, you've yeah. always got to worry about his eye wandering to the, to the other girl. Yes. And we, you know, the famous meme of the guy walking down the street with the girl. He's got his girlfriend on his right arm. He's checking out the other girl walking by. That's Gruden. Yeah. You know, he's walking arm in arm with Derek Carr, but he's he's looking at Marcus Mariota's tush, going, "Ooh, that's a cute tush." <laughs> I might have to. Which make he, him I mean, if you do uh, legs and that, that's a very solid base it for is. Marcus Mariota. Although I would say that Derek Carr's got a solid base as he, well. It's better actually. Okay, it is. So there it you is. go. He's solid, Derek Carr. Uh, <laughs> but but you know. To me, the, the big thing is, like, yeah, you know, that's what Marcus Mariota, he's going to make some plays that are going to open some eyes in practice. He's, he's a pretty big guy, and he can really run, and you're going to go, whoa, look at that dude. That's pretty awesome. You know, the, the, the thing that's different to me, though, is Derek Carr is a way higher, high-level high thrower compared to Marcus Mariota. You know, Derek Carr, accuracy, timing, rhythm – Arm power, it's all there. I wish he would throw with arm power more. But to me, that's where I, I think he'll consistently dominate Mariota on a daily basis. You know, yeah. Mariota, you've heard my issues with him. Well, he's had every chance, right, as, he a, as a former top pick. And yeah. he's, he's had every chance to, to take the job, run with it. And it's not like it, they've had the reins on him, too. It's like they've wanted him to run and create plays and be a playmaker. And it, I, I think we've just seen that it, he, he doesn't have that level of ability, at least in the NFL. No, he doesn't have a – well, you know, he doesn't have a great feel of just being a quarterback and being natural at it. You know, I, I go back to my phrase. You've always – you've heard me say it. I don't mean to say it to everybody out there and, you know, beat it in your brain, but he's an athlete who plays quarterback instead of a quarterback who's a good athlete, and there's a difference there. You know, his scrambling's not as good as it should be for somebody that runs the way he is. Yeah. And then, you know, the throwing, there's a reason he was benched. You know, last year in Tennessee, his throwing is it's been all over the map ever since he got in the NFL. It's one or two games. You go, whoa, here we go. The Marcus Mariota's era started. Yes, yes, here we go. And then it goes two games where you go, what the fuck? He can't hit the, the, the side of a you know, barn. Yeah. And uh, that's where it's just been bad. And, and maybe Gruden can fix some of those things for I, him. I feel like getting you in person is better. You've dropped way more F-bombs. Than oh, the last yeah, time you're right. Stream yard. You're right. It's like you're getting more into your element right now. I am. It's I'm like feeling the world good. is healing a yeah. little bit right now. It's like now we're together here. It's like the old Chris <laughs> is coming back. I like it. All right, so that's quarterbacks right there. We'll talk about some other position uh, positions now. We got running back. We got uh, four running back uh, battles here. We'll start with the Colts. How about that? And let's see how many of these are. A couple of them are rookies that are coming in trying to make a name for themselves. Three of the four. So we got Colts. We got Marlon Mack. Very productive year last yeah, year. Very yeah. productive running game. A lot to do with that offensive line. Perhaps you could have run for uh, 800 yards behind that offensive line. Doubt it. 
uh, versus Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. So a percent chance that – and so I guess how would we say starter? Because they're probably both going to play, right? Definitely. Um, but I guess we're saying starter is like the guy who takes snap number one. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. That's a running back. And I think we'll get into a few of these camp battles where – I'm going to tell you, like, yeah, this guy might start, but it doesn't really matter, right? Mm-hmm. And this is probably one of them. That won't go viral on the internet. Though, no, no, I know. How dare. The truth doesn't go viral. Yeah, yeah. But Oh, ooh, Pete's, Pete's saying who has more carries week one. That's probably a better way to do okay, it. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, Marlon Mack, I, to me, will start, the, like, the first snap of the first game. Okay. Marlon Mack will start it. You know, veteran, been mm-hmm. there. You know, they're not going to be worried about, you know, if the defense does something crazy in the first play, Marlon Mack's seen it all. He'll know who to pick up the blitz or whatever it is, right? So I'll say Marlon Mack starts. Okay. I think Jonathan Taylor gets more carries, though. Mm. That's where I do. Jonathan Taylor's there, – there's, there, there's, there's too many elite traits there to keep him on the sidelines, you know. Elite traits win games for teams. And Jonathan Taylor is a guy – you know, who's, again, Marlon Mack, good, and he can get you a lot of 8 and 10 and 12. But some of those 8 and 10 and 12 ones with Jonathan Taylor could be 82, 72, and 70. And mm-hmm. that's where he is special. So, you know, I, I think that it's a committee thing, but I think they'll try to – they'll have an additive incentive of here's a special group of plays for Jonathan Taylor that we right. think he can be home runs on and everything like that. And I think ultimately he'll, he will be the guy there. And to your point that you made a lot during the draft is that you're looking at four years, three years, four years, maybe max for even these top Started drafted. Started now. Don't save right. him for three years down the road. Especially or with like a guy like Jonathan Taylor who has a high workload coming out of college anyway. Exactly. It's like, let's just start using him. Yes. Game number one, week number one. Right. When you were given that answer, at one point, some spit came out of your mouth. Did it? Went right to your computer. The six feet of separation is working. It's working. Good. 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 <laughs> we'll see if I can see it on my screen. It's I didn't working. see it. I know. I say it, don't spray it. But I was like, this is working. The distance helps. Um, Broncos primary running back. We got Philip Lindsay versus Melvin Gordon, who Man. is having trouble with the altitude currently. Yeah. Well, that's a real thing. Like, no joke. My, I, you were there. So, yeah, I, I can tell you two different instances where it, it had an effect on my life. One, I was there, I, built, I want to say it was for like Kyle Shanahan's wedding at one point, right? And the wife and I are at a hotel down the street, and we went out for like a run right on a Friday afternoon. I was like, I got to do something. I can't just, you know, get drunk and have fun all weekend. I got to do something. <laughs> and I went out with my wife, and we ran like, like maybe a half a mile to some street, and we're going to run sprints. And we ran like one or two sprints, and she was like, I, she got like pale white. Really? She's like, I got to sit down. And it got her. And I don't know why it didn't bother me on that. But when I got to Denver on that football team, my first week of, like, running and training, because I had just moved to town maybe a few days before that, so I wasn't really acclimated either. Ooh, man. I mean, I don't know. Running that Denver altitude, a 200-yard sprint feels like a 400-yard sprint. It just everything feels double. Do you get tired quicker? <sighs> is it harder to recover? Like what? Yeah, is it? it is. It's like you, you, you know, where that you know you get done with a hard sprint or run, you know, eight or ten of them, and you're, <gasps> and you're just like, okay, I just need a minute. To, I'll catch my breath. Yeah. You know, there you see, it's like, wait, it's been two minutes, and I still feel like it's ten seconds after I ran the thing. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. You know, so you do. And then you start to feel a little lightheaded and things like that where you're like, whoa, okay. Now, g- getting back to the point, I'm sorry. Yeah. But I just want to but say. But then you feel like Superman when you're at sea level, right? Do when you, feel you, you do. Yeah. You really do. Yes. I mean, it's amazing. Like when we went to that year, we went at, you know, uh, to Washington and a few other places where I just remember going outside being like, 
I, I could run for days. Like, yeah. This is, doesn't even bother me. This air is so heavy. This running back one? Yep. Melvin Gordon's going to get the majority there. One, he's going to start, I think, right? I think he'll get that first snap of the game. Two, I think he'll get a majority of the bell cow type runs. And Pat Shermer's a bell cow type offensive play caller, too. P- pulling guards, downhill, smash mouth football. Mm-hmm. It fits Melvin Gordon. But I still think this is going to be, you know, 55 45 split. To where you're still going to have phases of the game where if it's second and long, third and long, it's going to be all Phil Blinsey with some sprinkled bell cow runs in for him too. But, you know, Melvin Gordon's still a really damn good football player. And the other thing too, we just can't – this is a real aspect. I mean, Melvin Gordon's making $7 million this year. They didn't get him to be – they didn't do that to like – they got Melvin Gordon to – extend the career of Philip Lindsay and what they got there in Denver in a lot of ways. So, yeah, yeah. he gives you a little power. But now, Philip Lindsay, we got him, and this is out another year or two to his career with us, whether, you know, we sign him to that contract or he ends up being a free agent, you know, down the road either way. But uh, to me, you know, yeah, I think it will be Melvin more than Philip, but still plenty of Philip. That's an interesting way to look at it, too, is that you sign a player – and it gives uh, the other player competition, but it's also a sign of respect. Like, we want to take the workload off of you. We want to have you around for a lot longer. He's, he, like, yeah, well, Melvin's like, it's, it's coming. He's taking a lot of his brunt and his, yeah. you know, all the hits and everything like that. Yeah. And he is. It's on the downslope of his career. I don't Phillip, like saying we got that. him not because we don't like you, but because we do like you. We do like you. Yeah, that's and, you know, we like you to be a part of our – you're a great weapon with a great skill set. But if we're going to give you the ball 27 times a game at 190 pounds, damn, your skill set will not be the same, and we're only going to have you for like three years, and your career is going to be over. So that's why you do it. Pete said it's crazy that Melvin Gordon is only 27 years old, and we're talking about him like an old old has-been. I know. You get up there towards 30 for running back. Yeah. You're almost done. He's going to be pissed off, though, this year. He'll be ready. He'll be good. I I can't wait to see that. How about my Detroit Lions? We got uh, They got a rookie. And DeAndre Swift, who you were not that high on yep. in the draft. You were down on him more than most, I feel like. I know, yes, I, I'm, that's correct. me once my Detroit Lions took him uh, versus on Johnson. So yeah. what do you think? Starts ver- and then uh, who gets more carries game one? I'm still going to go on Johnson there. You know, the beauty of the DeAndre Swift thing is, hey, like Matt Patricia is trying to build a team where we've seen the last years, you know, eye formation, wants to run the ball, do those things, right? Mm-hmm. Where – you know, last year they lost on Johnson, and you're like, oh, their run game's fucked. Who's carrying the ball? I don't even know who this guy you know, what, 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 Who right. are these guys? Are any of them worth a damn? Now, you know, a la New England, in the important positions, oh, you want to be a running team that play through your defense and control the clock? Well, you better have running backs, right? Yeah. And not, why let one injury ruin your whole team? So I think, I think Bob Quinn and, and Matt Patricia realized, like, okay, why would we do that? Why would we have, if our one guy gets hurt, all of a sudden we have to change our offense and we can't even do what we want to do. Now you got Swift to come in and go, okay, damn, we got a guy that's, you know, valued as a first-rounder in, in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be on Johnson, but a lot like we just saw with Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay, like 55-45, maybe 52-48. Sure. It'll, be, it'll be very, very similar. Pop quiz here from Pete. Uh-oh. He goes, after on, who was the second leading rusher oh in carries in terms of carries for the Lions last year who had the second most carries second in carries and yards he was also second in yards damn I really was no I I, I'm 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 trying to think of names on their roster right now that were running backs there last year that's what I'm trying to really figure out 
All right, so last year they had Bo Scarborough. I'm missing another running back on their roster from last mm. year. Oh, they had McKissick. Um, it is. Pete has informed me that you nailed it. Bo Scarborough. It is Bo Scarborough. It is Bo Scarborough. Holy cow. As a self-proclaimed Detroit Lions fan, I had no idea. That, uh, I'm, I, you're I got, right. Which is the, well, which is I pulled up point. the roster from last year and just got – I saw his name. But you're right. Yeah, I didn't know – I mean, I didn't know who else there was even there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Forget, McKissick was there. I go, they just stopped the running. <laughs> <laughs> yep, no, I did cheat. I pulled up names from last year's roster because I, I couldn't even think of who the hell was there. That's all right. But, uh, give you half but that's the point. That. That's the point yep. right there. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, this one, when Pete put it in – you go, oh, that's a good one. I'm glad Pete put this one in. So props to you, Pete. Uh, Rams primary running back. Yeah. You got Daryl Henderson. You got Malcolm Brown. You got Cam Akers, the uh, Florida State draft pick, where a lot of people are very high on. Yeah. Um, all right. So I think here, like, I think Cam Akers will be the guy. I do. And, and again, this is going to be a committee thing, too. I mean, this is Sean McVay. Let's not forget. Sure. You know, Kyle Shanahan, that influence. I think he just learned his lesson about putting all his eggs into the, oh, I have one running back basket and the Todd Gurley thing, and you see how it can ruin your team. I mean, they give him all that money, and it's like, damn, we only got one year out of him, really, you know, after yeah. they paid him that money. So um, I, I, I think that Akers, you know, first off, I guess this is where I'm, 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 I'm pulling some context clues. Like Darrell Henderson, last year, it was there for him to get some carries and have a significant role in the roster last year. I don't know what it was. I, don't, I haven't got the down low there. But he wasn't a big part of their plans uh, a whole lot. You know, Malcolm Brown, good player, certainly. Um, but I think when all said and done, I think Cam Akers, listen, I like Cam Akers almost every bit as much as I like DeAndre Swift coming out in the draft. You know, it's not as shifty. But it's more straight line, explosion, power, home run hitting ability. And I would think in that offense, right, because, like, I'm going to stand up. I don't think you can. I can. We, but oh, you're go, right. Go for No, do it and just see what happens. Why don't you back away for a second? So oh, I don't no, get I'm close saying, to you. I, I wasn't saying about the distancing. Oh, okay. I'm just saying your head might be cut off here. Oh, you're right. I am. Okay. But, <laughs> I don't care. We could do it like this. I'm a running back. The, yeah. Well, if I get in front of the desk, Pete, I'm going to be even more yeah, out of the way, aren't I? we get more crotch. We get more crotch. Yeah. We're just getting a lot of crotch. Oh, Kristen's saying go I'm behind the couch. I'm going behind it. I don't this care. Right. I'm doing it. This I'm, is the I'm first starving. time ever on the pod. If you're listening, I encourage you to tune into YouTube because you – Oh, it's, it's, it doesn't matter. Tall. I'm the headless you, you, horseman. Keep going back by the ping pong table. <laughs> we will hear you. I'm staying right here. I don't okay. screw my head. I don't okay, want to see it. Okay. Here's what a great – this is like – this is the beauty of the inside-outside zone system. And this is what Shanahan likes. And this is why you like – he's got Debo Samuel, right? And this is why he's, uh, you know, got, had James Breida. Because it's the outside zone. So you get the ball and they're going. And they're, as the defense starts to stretch out and hold their gaps, they want a guy that can do that, do that. Oh, get, get wide. Oh, the gaps are getting big. They want a guy that can just put their foot in the ground and go zoom. Mm. And to me, that's where Cam Akers has a leg up on those other guys. There's a no nonsense to his game, and it fits that scheme. So I would say he gets the brunt of it, but it's not going to be like, okay, let's say it's, let's say it's 40% him, 30% Darrell Henderson, and then 30% Malcolm Brown, something okay. like that. Maybe that's, that's too, it's too much. It should be 
50, 30, 20. Maybe, uh, but you're right. I mean, they didn't. He didn't really trust or run that much with Malcolm Brown last year. Yeah, well, how year. many carries did he get? So 69 for Malcolm Brown, 255 yards. Darrell Henderson only 39 carries for 147 yards. Yeah, that to me year. tells me he wasn't in the trust tree yet. Like we we can't trust him. He doesn't know the offense. He doesn't know some of the rules. He doesn't yeah. know who he's supposed to pick up on blitz. Those are context clues I would take away from a stat line like that for, for a guy that's drafted in the first three rounds at running back. Jared Goff threw the ball 626 times last year. Too many. Too many. He'll they throw less. Give... He'll throw fewer times this year. Throw few, they'll throw less. That was less. the hope with Cam Akers. Right. right. So he'll you know, not throw 600 times a year. Definitely. You know, throw less. Um, they've improved their offensive line a little bit. Still question mark a little bit. And then I, I would be shocked if we don't see a little bit of a different – wrinkle to Sean McVay's offense you know way too much three receivers one tight end one running back sets way too much it's all they're ever in is 11 personnel 11 personnel hey at some point you know McVay's just too creative why Mm -hmm. are you hamstringing yourself to just that package of plays or that package of personnel Mm -hmm. you know put a fullback in the game you see all the things Shanahan and Sean Payton can do with those positions and everything like that so I think we're going to see a different approach by them on offense this year altogether. Well, he's already switched things up, and he's not allowing people to crap in the porta pots. <laughs> well, you got to so draw. Like a lot of <laughs> that was awesome. A lot of new. <laughs> that was awesome. New, you know, I'm sympathetic to that too because I feel like no one wants to do that. Like, there's no one that's like, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to take a crap in the porta pot. Uh, no one like that. You don't set out to do that. Like gross if, football players no. every now and then. But you're right. I, I would hope that's not the case. If you're doing that, you're you're in some. Problem. You're an emergency. You're, yeah. So let's have, be sympathetic to the man I, who had to do that. I could see, but I see this is where I could see like the big defensive tackle being like. Oh, my belly hurts. Oh, and then going like, I don't feel like walking all the way inside to that. I'm just going to go right here. And then just messing that whole situation up for everybody. It does make it hard for everyone else to go in there. I'll, uh, give, I'll, I'll give you that. Uh. Yeah, I'll give you that. All right, so let's go over to wide receiver now. How about we do that? Yeah. We got two uh, wide receiver groupings here that Pete has given us. We got Raiders. Um, starting wide receivers. So we got Henry Ruggs the third. We got Brian Edwards. We got Terrell Williams. We got Hunter uh, Renfro, yep. and we got Nelson Aguilar. Man, he is collecting wide receivers over he there. Has. Um, Henry Ruggs, by the way, from what you hear in camp, they're like, man, that dude is fast. Yes, that guy is there it wheels. Is. Yep. And um, Gruden knows how to, you know, Gruden has plays in his playbook that really, you know, show off those type of players. Okay, so Pete has said that we don't need uh, exact. Percentages. Thank you for all five of these receivers. <laughs> thank, thank you. I, that was what I was looking forward to the most. Uh, but, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, give me uh, give me your hierarchy here, maybe your yeah. your, your depth chart. Well, Rugs is going to be the guy that most is formulated around the game plan, and you know whether that's deep post routes. You know, clear a formation to where he can get a one-on-one backside slant. Let's just throw him the ball and see if he can make something out of the catch. The speed sweeps, like we see Tyree kill, you know, you know, the motion, you know, tosses like Debo Samuel. You know, Gruden's going to steal all these plays from Shanahan and, and McVay. He's going to steal it all from Andy Reid. He's going to have every play they've ever had for one of these fast guys. And it's It'll gonna just be have a lot longer name when he calls Oh, yeah, yeah, it will yeah. be. It will be. But so Ruggs will be the go-to guy. Yeah. I would be shocked if that's not the case. Now, the question to me becomes between the number two and there. Because Tyrell Williams, I know he dealt with some injuries last year and everything like that. He's a really damn good football player. He's a good wide receiver. 
But the guy I'm like really excited about, and, and this is one of those guys that there was 30 receivers to talk about in the draft this year, and we never really got to talk about this guy. And that's Brian Edwards, the kid they drafted, I believe, in the third round from South Carolina. To me, he would be the guy I'd say watch out for. Hmm. I really would. You know, I, I think a lot of the meat and potatoes plays of the offense could go to him. Like, a, I don't even know who to – Quincy Anunwa, right, for the Jets. He's that type of player. Kind of a big physical, you know, man can break tackles, run through arm tackles. Yards after the catch, all those things. But maybe has more speed than Quincy Nunwa had in his prime to where he can, like, run a go route or a post route. He is very intriguing to me. But, you know, th- this will be a thing where I'm going to get – I think I'll, I'll go Ruggs 1, Tyrell 2 early on. Mm-hmm. And then if Gruden sees the growth and, and consistency from an Edwards where he could steal a Tyrell Williams little niche in the offense and move Tyrell Williams to number three, right? And then there's the fourth aspect, which is, to me, then going to be Hunter Renfro, who will do what, in my Gruden offense, did what Ike Hilliard does. Ike Hilliard was our, you know, hey, this route, it's got a three-way go. You're smart like the quarterback. We're going to be on the same page, and I trust you that you'll read the coverage the right way and make the right – that's what Hunter Renfro is. So he's got his own little niche already within the offense as a slot receiver that way. But I kind of see that as the hierarchy. that good enough? Did okay, I yeah, answer that yeah, good enough? enough? So you got Nelson Aguilar over with the Raiders right now. Um, if you were to take – Aguilar, I mean, he's going to be in the mix. There are going to be sure. plenty of three and four wide receiver sets here, but I think the ones I mentioned are going to be the main guys. But sorry, go ahead. Sorry. So if you were to take a wide receiver grouping, who would you rather have if you're the starting quarterback, the Raiders, Aguilar's new team, or his old team, the Eagles? Who would Ooh. you rather have? Man, I think I'd take the Raiders. I think I would. Between Aguilar – you know, Ruggs, Edwards, Tyrell Williams. Got some potential. There. Yeah, Hunter Renfro is, he's good. Even Zay Jones, who they got from the Buffalo Bills last year and everything, he's got a little potential. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think I, uh, I think I would go with them, yeah. And, I mean, Darren Waller, you know, I know these are tight end, but yeah. he's as good a pass-catching tight end as football. But, yeah, I mean, Eagles would scare me with Deshaun. You know, he's a cheetah who keeps pulling muscles. That's, you know, that's scary. I, I get worried about that. You know, mm-hmm. of course, Alshon Jeffrey and his injury, and he's not even yeah. practicing yet, as I believe. I think he's on the pup. Right. Um, so let's so. do them. Let's do the Eagles. Yeah. yeah Jalen Rager, too, and uh, J.J. Sega whiteside Yeah. Um, you were not high on Rager in the draft. No, I didn't love Rager as a first-round pick. I did not, no. I, I you know, to, to me, didn't play as fast as his 40-time, you know, uh, route running, good, not great, not the kind of guy that's going to catch 50-50 balls. But they obviously see something that I don't. Now, I think, like, he is going to be – he again, this is, you know, same coaching tree. This is going to be their Tyree kill. This is going to be screens, speed sweeps, the occasional yeah. deep shot, do all of that type of stuff with, with him. Even I wouldn't be shocked. You know, the Debo Samuel stuff we saw with the 49ers, to me, that's the next thing you're going to see around the NFL this year. You're going to see – everybody trying to emulate some of Shanahan's runs and figuring that out to where I think he'll get used that way in a lot of ways too. So uh, 
Does Kyle take that as a compliment that everyone's stealing his stuff? Yeah, yeah. The the thing he's got to come up with new stuff. Well, he'll come up with new stuff, and then what you really realize with 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 coaches who have, let's say, their niche of like this is what I do really good, and people are stealing it. They usually have a niche within that coaching that specific scheme. Yeah. That even though you're emulating it, there's something you're missing that this guy has been telling his team that you just don't know about, right? And that's yep. why they're, you always go, well, everybody does it, but he's still the master of it. How The outside zone, the Shanahan's, it's around the NFL. Well, the Shanahan's keep still doing it the best. So there must be something Kyle and his dad didn't tell everybody else. So it's like uh, TikTok and Instagram Reels. Have you seen that? So it's like Instagram Reels. Yeah, right. Well, it's what Instagram has done. They've tried to steal what other things have. They stole stories from Snap, right? right? They did that first. Right. Um, I don't want to say stole. They borrowed it. Yeah, right. They emulated it. Um, and now they're trying to do that with TikTok as well. So they, they're trying to do their own version of TikTok, but it's not as good. There's no. like a, as a guy who gets caught into a two-hour trap of TikTok, the Reels product on Instagram, not as good right, right now. Right. Well, yeah. Are you yeah, familiar yeah. with either one of them? No, well, some of it. Some of it. Some of that Your stuff. Your kids are more, yes, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. All over. I mean, TikTok, I'm so sick of seeing the damn thing in my kids' face. Super entertaining. Super entertaining. It, it, it just, really is. It gets you caught into a, a thing. But I get it. It's like you, you don't know the intricacies. It's like it may look the same, and you may just see the final product. It's like, oh, yeah, hand it to the wide receiver and let him run for yeah. 50 yards. Yeah. Sounds easy. You <laughs> right. know? Yeah, but sounds like, easy. No how'd problem. You, how'd you get to that point? All right, let's do a couple on the defensive yeah. side Now, here. wait, just to oh. finish the Philadelphia thing. Oh, I had so, okay. hey, look, we talked about the Raiders. I think the Raiders are, you know, they're an 11 Sorry, personnel I team. TikTok thing that I thought we were done with. Well, no, I just, you know, they'll play a lot of three receiver sets, the Eagles. Yeah. They will. So you're going to see a lot of all three of them on the field together in, in, in a lot of ways. But, you know, how does the divvying, the divvying up in the pass game goes like this. Zach Ertz gets one, okay? Mm. And I think there'll be a real fight for who's the number two guy in that pecking order between Rager, Deshaun Jackson, and Alshon Jeffrey. And honestly... I think if you made me sit here and just decipher it now without seeing practice or preseason, I would bet you Alshon, Jeffrey, and Rieger in a lot of ways fight for that second part that's I'm going to be the second mainstay of the offense, right? Deshaun Jackson's always going to just, I think, going to be post route, post route, go route, post route, you know, double move. We're going to keep the pressure on with you with doing that to the defense. Um, You know, not that Alshon, Jeffrey, and Rieger are the same guy, but I'm just saying the pecking order in which Doug Priest is going to look at it and go, okay, wait, here's all my Ertz plays. Oh, it's a big play. I always go to Ertz. All right. Now, if I have to go to somebody else, who's it going to be? Rieger, Alshon, Jeffrey. It'll be different type of plays. But if Alshon, Jeffrey is not there all training camp, you know, Rager will have a chance to expand his playbook as far as what Doug Peterson sees, and he'll have more of a niche in the offense that he'll yeah. feel more comfortable calling week one to where that could phase out Alshon, Jeffrey, to being the third option. So is Carson Wentz still sitting there being like, man, Give me some more options. Here. I mean, no, if they're healthy. I mean, if they can stay healthy. So if they're healthy, you think he's okay with what they've I do. been able to build here? I do. Okay. I do. I think that, yes. I mean, because Deshaun's still scary fast, and Rager has got enough talent, even despite me not thinking he's a first-round talent, that he's going to have a, a nice – He's got some skills that you can He's got some skills that he can capitalize on, sure. certainly. Definitely. Okay. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Go for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris... Anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? In Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. All right, now we can go to the defensive side here. You got a couple position battles one at linebacker, one at cornerback. Let's go with the Saints here. You got DeMario Davis at linebacker, stud. Uh, but then we got Alex Anzalone. I nailed it. Is it Anzalone? Is that how you say it? I wasn't sure if it was Anzalone. I, I, I always mess it up, I think. Anzalone or Anzalone. Okay. Hey, he's got to win the job for me to get it, get it 100% right. Uh, versus Nigel Bradham versus the rookie from Wisconsin, right? Yeah. Zach Bond. Zach Bond. I mean, this is kind of interesting. First off, Demario Davis we know was going to be, you know, one of those guys. Um they, they lose Kiko Alonso to the ACL injury at the end of last year. So, you know, I don't know where he is in this status and what happens there. Anzalone, or Anzalone, okay, I grew up with an Anzalone. I grew up with, you know, two Anzalones, actually. Uh, but if you would have said, and I grew up with an Anzalone, I would not have been surprised. <laughs> have, like, yeah, I'm Jersey. from New Jersey. <laughs> Anzalone is very athletic. Uh, you know, your perfect nickel-type linebacker in that sense can run with running backs, tight ends, do all that. There's lacks a little bit of physicality in his game to me to say. And, you, and as you know, more times than not, and especially the Saints, they are one of these teams. They're in, they're in nickel personnel most of the time. they got big defensive linemen. They're not worried about the extra linebacker on the field. So they play nickel a lot. Uh, so it's Demario Davis, and I think eventually it's going to be Zach Bond. I think it's going to be the rookie. The rookie is a stud. A lot of teams liked him. Yes. I feel like a lot of teams like. I, I remember a pre-draft interview with the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones with Zach Bond. They were raving about him. It seemed like every team was. He can do him. it all, Ahmed. You know, he, he he could be a little bit of a defensive end. You know, he can play a weak side linebacker spot where okay, if you're playing zone, you know, he can jam the slot receiver and still play the run and be good in his own coverage and all that, but has tremendous like just football instincts, IQ, you know, nose for the ball, whatever football phrase you want to throw with it, he's really good that way. So to me, with him and DeMario Davis in the middle, you know, and those guys they got up front, you got two guys that just they can they know how to go get the ball. And uh, to me I think Zach Bond will be that guy. And it has been confirmed by Pete Anzalone. It is Anzalone. Anzalone. Huh, okay. That's like Don Corleone or Don Corleone. Right. It's a little controversy mm. there. You're right. Uh, final one, cornerback. Cornerback. You got the Bills. You got Tredavious White, one of the best out there. Perhaps the best. No. Okay. I just Not said the best. I threw perhaps yeah. in there. We got to do that at yeah, some point. Yeah, we do. Right, your top, top ten yeah. cornerbacks. I know. I'm not so sure Tredavis is in my top five, but we'll see. 
Mm. Yeah, I know. Just to start now the controversy now. Now we have to do it. <laughs> Your last one blew up so much, wide receiver. Unanticipated, too. Yes. Like, we did that one. We did not think, like, it was going to be this big thing. Like, we do your quarterbacks one, we're like, okay, this one might get a little chatter. People are going to talk about this. When we did your top ten wide receiver, we weren't thinking anything. No. And then that blew up, it and blew so maybe up. we got to do cornerback yeah. too. Uh, <laughs> so you got behind a white, you got Levi Wallace and Josh Norman. Yeah. Oh. Very thin position for uh, the Bills. You know, first off, this kind of mm. made me panic a little bit when, like, Tredavious White was like, oh, I'm, I'm not sure I'm staying in this through COVID-19. That's well, that's it. Well, when you think about the Bills and they are built on their defense, that's they a are worrying. I know. It's, it's, it's not a lot of depth there. Um, you know, so the big thing here is, first off, I mean, Tredavious White we know is their best corner, certainly. He's, he's their best zone corner. He's their best man-to-man corner. Now, you know, I don't think he's, like, one of the best man-to-man pure cover corners in football. That's where I kind of, like, maybe see him less than maybe more. Um, I, I think, ultimately, this will be a good battle. But I think Levi Wallace is still going to be the guy. I do. You know, Levi Wallace and Josh Norman re- – so t- here's the, present, the, the problem it presents to me. I guess is Norman and Wallace are both, like, outside corner types. They're outside guys. They're not nickel guys, right? So what I'm wondering here, and more times than not, and again, this is a team that plays a ton of nickel again, too. I'm wondering if this year if the possibility could be of Wallace and Norman outside and Tredavious and nickel maybe more than we've seen the last few years. You know, they have some other guys here that can do that. But to me, if you're getting the best three on the field, that could be very interesting to be – is that the, maybe the best way to get the best three on the field? Right. Um, so uh, I think if you just make me go between Norman and Levi Wallace, I like Levi Wallace. I think he's got game. I really do. He can run. He's long as hell. Yeah, his change of direction is not great, but neither is Josh Norman's. And I think he's got you know, more skills at this point and explosiveness as a player compared to a Josh Norman at this point of his career. So that's where I think those two will still be the starter. I'm just interested to see where it goes after that. If there's another guy that maybe is a nickel, you know, that they feel can be the nickel to keep Tredavious and Levi Wallace outside, I I don't know. So those are your thoughts on the position battles here that are all going to happen behind closed doors, which is a shame. Oh, I know. What are we going to learn? What's going to happen over these next four weeks before we get our first game? Are we going to hear stuff, you think, like – this guy's taking reps. I mean, how are we going to hear that? Uh, yeah, I know. reporters can't watch most of practice, right? No, or any of practice. You're, it's going to be it's it's going to be really weird. We're going to have to go on rumors. We're going to have to re- rely on reporters early on in practice, maybe when there's a walkthrough and seeing who is starting out there in the walkthrough, even though it's a walkthrough and it's the yeah. start of practice. Like, give us an idea who's the starting eleven, who's out there right now. Mm-hmm. But I know. I mean, it's. You know, the preseason has always been great, and it's less done now than it's ever been before because less and less starters are playing now the last few years than That ever. is true. I you mean, know? we yeah, right. if, we complained if, about that last year, remember? It, it felt like even in week three when we're like, okay, finally this is the week where yeah. they start, and it was like even then. It, it was, was quick. Like, nah, it, it was a series or two, and they were out. Yeah. But at least you get a feel for the up-and-comers. and the, you get it. Preseason's a great, you know, preclude to, oh, they like this guy. Mm-hmm. I mean – they don't, you know, they don't, they don't put Philip Lindsay with the first, start, the first string offense in the first preseason game just because they're like, ah, it's the first preseason game. Fuck it. Let's throw him out there. Yeah. No, he's opened eyes, right? That's what opened my eyes to Philip Lindsay. 
you know, I'm looking at, I can remember his rookie year, his first preseason game. I'm going, man, who's this number, this number two's in here with the starting offense? You know, that, that just doesn't happen unless you've earned that spot. They're not just going to put like any, you know, Joe or Jimmy on there to go, hey, you're going to be a starter today with, you know, our $20 million quarterback and all yeah. that. So you got to do something that way. But, yeah, we're going to miss that. It sucks. Hopefully we still get some reports. Maybe we got to lean on the, uh, the players to do it more. Like they're tweeting out everything else. Why doesn't, why doesn't a player I wish they out, would hey, change something I'm with the, the protocol words. right now a little bit to give us more player access or NFL news, mm-hmm. you know, selfishly for people like me so we have more to talk about on the pod or the TV show or whatever. I mean, yeah. it's one of my stresses in my life right now is like, okay, what are we going to talk about for the next three weeks? How many, you know. I know. I need fucking football to get here. Well, I got something we can talk about. Legs and ass players. Bam. So this is what so this is where, where your reputation has gotten you right yeah, now. Good. Is that when there's a picture of a player with a very solid leg and ass yeah. on display, people tag you. Good. People are thinking of I'm you. proud to be that guy. Um, and so we've got like three such situations here today. I think Kristen has the pictures. The first one uh, is uh, AJ Dillon. <laughs> A.J. Dillon there is solid, um, and it, this one came from two people, Michael Freeman and uh, Na Idutojoja. <laughs> I don't think he got that one. Tolja, into Tolja. Na Adatolja, Na Adatolja. No. I done told you. Well, come on. We need to just get Pete in here because I feel like I'm bad at these names. Man, look at that picture right there. Um, Holy cow. I done told you, said, I done told you, Chris, that... Uh, that he has uh, legs and ass for days. Oh, what do you I, think? Uh, I mean, he does. I got to see him in person this year, Ahmed, when Boston College played Notre Dame at the yeah. end of the football season. Yeah. I got to see him, and yeah, there, there's this is, uh, uh, I mean, a brick shit house. I mean, he really is. He is <laughs> Greek god, whatever you want to say. He's he's Legarrette Blunt, except he's lifted weights like LeGarrette Blunt was a guy that just was like yeah he ran and did sprints but he wasn't in the weight room he was just like I'm naturally big and strong what the hell do I gotta yeah. lift the weights for and do any of that this guy I think gets off in the weight room a little bit but I mean the legs are as impressive as I've ever seen in my life you know again I I've seen Saquon in person he he can rival that and he's a bigger human than Sa- Saquon he's 250 pounds but yeah I mean, he is nothing but legs, ass, and shoulders. That's what he is. And he is going to be a great compliment to Aaron Jones there in Green Bay. He's not quite Derrick Henry, right? Were there some Derrick Henry comparisons yeah. with A.J. Dillon? He's yeah, he's thicker than him. He he's is just thicker. Not, he's thicker than Derrick Henry. He's not as tall and as long as Derrick Henry. Right. You know, that's where Derrick Henry is. He's every bit as tall, you know, almost as tall as me. He's 6'4". You know, that's I think, crazy. I think Dillon's 6'1". <laughs> Maybe yeah. six foot, somewhere in there. So Aaron Rodgers did not get a wide receiver in the first round, but they got A.J. Dillon. He'll yeah. help. Right? It'll, I mean, it will help. help. Yeah. I mean, they're going to run the ball. I mean, that's, that's what they want to do. And that's a good difference in running backs. Like, I like that, that style. You know, oh, here's Aaron Jones slashing, weaving, zoom, zoom, yeah. zoom, zoom. And then all of a sudden it's sure. And there's great value of that, especially, you know, third, fourth quarter. When guys are starting to get tired and they're sick of taking on pulling guards and tackling Aaron Jones, and then you got that going and you go, oh, my gosh, now i got to tackle this guy? I mean, he'll wear some defenses out. We got one brought up by homie Didi Seegs that said uh, Jordan Brooks 
There are a couple pictures of uh, Jordan Brooks here. Wow, that's yeah. impressive as well. Oh, he's he's a specimen. I mean, that's why he was a first round pick. You know, uh, one of the th- I was looking back at my notes in the draft last night, and one of the last notes I wrote was like, "This guy's a he's a first round talent. There's no doubt about it." You know, he had a shoulder injury that I didn't know about, which was the really the downfall of his film because I kept going, "Man." He's reluctant to tackle sometimes, or he was reluctant to, like, square people up. But I think that was because he was trying to save his shoulder. Seattle knew that. But, yeah, freak. And, really, you're going to play middle linebacker in the NFL? You better have some fucking freaky legs. You better be strong because you have to be anywhere from 230 to 240 and tackle running backs who are 230 to 240, and they're running full speed while you're sitting there bracing yourself or taking on pulling guards who are going to be 100 pounds more than you, 80 pounds more than you at times, yeah. the power has to be through the, through the roof. He's really hiking him up there. He's, well, you he's proud that? of he's him. Really showing, it's almost like he's developed the shorts into a speedo. Well, it's the new style right now, the short, the short shorts thing, right? Definitely more in style. Definitely which, more. Which I was always, and we're about the same age, it was like when we were growing up, it was longer. Right? You wanted the longer. It was embarrassing, like the old NBA shots. Yeah, the John Stockton was like, oh, my like, God, I would never wear that. Super dork. Right. But now when I put on a pair of shorts... I don't like the long ones anymore. I'm with you. Too much material. I'm with you, too. I don't want it either. And, you know, Bobby Wagner, he's from kind of that old generation. He's like, wait, right. I like him bagging along there. What the <laughs> hell are you talking about? Yeah. But, man, linebackers, let me just say this. Yeah. Linebackers, my experience with them in the NFL, legs, butt, back. I mean, holy cow. Derek Brooks, when I was playing on that team in, in Tampa Bay, I mean, I, I, I could have been like, hey, Derek, I'm going to put this on the ledge of your butt. Hold it there for a minute, and I'm going to walk away. And yeah. it would still be on the – I mean, his butt was, like, unreal. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's why he's Derek Brooks. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's – That's where your power comes from. where right? your power, all, and especially yeah. to hit or take off running or mm-hmm. change of direction. So, uh, yeah, I'm not shocked to see that from uh, our man up in Seattle. It's like you're always looking for an edge, and your edge as a scout is you are – unashamed to just zero in and stare at a man's legs and ass for a long time. No. And do you know how many times I've had football people like through the last two or three years who listen to it and like who like you would think they've already thought of this and yeah. they're like, you know, it's you're you're really right. You're I mean now that I think about it, the more players I've liked or had the high they always yeah. have and I want to be like, no shit. Yeah. You know, you know? They, and you've opened up their their eyes and they feel hopefully. more comfortable. They hopefully. feel more comfortable. Hopefully. Like hey I'm checking this guy out, yeah. but I feel okay with it now because of what Chris has told me. That's right. Uh, there is one concern out there, though. Is there? Uh, yeah. Pete has thrown this one in here that we might, we might have a problem because someone uh, with the Green Bay Packers, we go back to them. And maybe it's just because he was standing next to, uh, to a guy like, uh, like A.J. Dillon. Who's he next to right there? This is oh, Jordan, I don't know who number 50 this is. This is Jordan Love we're showing on the left here. But those number, are uh, that's 10. a nice athletic-looking leg and body. Slender. I mean, this is a man that's in shape, right? Yeah, if, right. He, if you want a mobile quarterback, he's going to be mobile, but lacking in the legs and ass area, which not all quarterbacks are. Like no. you mentioned, Derek Carr, very solid in that area. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, you know, again, you know, it's like, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but, like, you know, certain positions got different types of animals there. You know, you can't expect like, you know, yeah, the you know the DB's legs to look the same as the defense ends legs. Sure. That's they're they're asked to do different things. You know, one's a cheetah and you know one's a bull or whatever. So yeah, of course their legs look different. You know, but that I love those legs. I mean, I really do. I mean, the first <laughs> thing I'm looking at about his legs. Yeah. Good definition. 
right? There's a little quad there for a guy that's like in shape and thin. You could see there's some quad. But the thing that really jumps out to me, look how damn long his, his from knee to foot he is. The bottom mm. part of his leg and how high his calf muscle is. Yes. You see how high his calf muscle is? Yep. So he's got that Achilles tendon that's really long. <laughs> and that's usually what leads to being able to run fast or jump high. Like, again, yeah. I always say this to people like Michael Jordan didn't jump the highest because he had the strongest legs. He had unbelievable levers and long tendons and things like that that allowed him to jump high and do those type of things. You like it's, that little? it's a long knee to foot. What is that? The tibia? Is that the tibia? The t- fibula and the tibula? Yeah, tibia. The tibula? The tibia. Tibia. It, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he, it's an athletic-looking body. I yeah. mean, no, he's definitely in shape, and he's, he's a mobile quarterback, and I, I wish him the best. I think what we should do is we should just break this segment out, like a separate segment, throw it up on YouTube, and see what kind of an audience we get. Yeah. Like, if this is the only time you've been introduced to Chris Sims and his uh, analysis – you would have a totally different opinion of what we do here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of curious to see what would happen if we just broke this out. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Uh, okay, uh, two more things here, Chris. And then we'll go, wow, we've been in here for an hour. I know. Isn't Shocker. that crazy? Online or I don't in have person. to worry about pods being charged. Like, I've actually a few times wanted to reach up and be like, wait, am I okay? But I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> right about now, one of your AirPods would be going Definitely. out. Definitely. It would be, be on the fritz. Beeping. And I'd be wrapping it up. Okay, real quick, let's do uh, one more thing, actually. Yeah. Let's do. Because yeah. uh, your, your uh, reaction last time we were talking oh, okay. uh, was the breaking news to George Kittle. Right. And his contract coming out made him the highest paid uh, tight end. Right after that, Travis Kelsey had a new contract, too. Didn't give him quite as much money, right? Is right. still below George Kittle. Um, but in that segment, you said that clearly George Kittle is the best tight end in football. And M. Munning was among those who uh, pushed back on that a of little course. bit. He said the best player in football is Mahomes. His favorite target is Kelsey. You don't need to design play actions, misdirection, all those things to get him open. Uh, later on, he said it's not fair to say just, uh, oh, Kittle is a better blocker and more physical and therefore more complete and better. Kelsey is not paid to block. He's paid to make defenses worry about his ability to make plays. And so that is the pushback on the fact that you said George Kittle is clearly the best tight end in football. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, I know Mahomes is the best quarterback or best player in football. Was he trying to say I didn't say that? But either way, or he's just... No, he's saying that... I don't know what he's saying with the Mahomes part, actually. So, yeah, listen, again, this is where we all... I'm not trying to, you know, make anybody's feelings hurt or anything. Like, I love Travis Kelsey. He's the freaking man. I mean, he really is, okay? But, no, at this point of his career... He is not as good as George Kittle. And, you know, I don't like, oh, okay, so, so this is where I'll push back against our buddy who makes the comment there. Mm-hmm. So the scheme and things, that, 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 that's not fair because George Kittle gets an advantage. But Tyreek Hill, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Sammy Watkins, that, that, it's all Travis Kelsey. None of that's helping him out. More weapons. Is that what you're go. telling me? Yeah. I mean, so see, don't, don't, that, that's not a, a good way to put it. Now, yes, Kelsey's awesome, man. I love Travis Kelsey. There's no doubt about it. But right now, okay, you know, is George Kittle as good a route runner and as slick as Travis Kelsey in that aspect? No, he's not. I won't even argue that. I mean, Kelsey is slick. He really is. I mean, I was watching the Super Bowl, you know, last night again for the 70th time this offseason. Yeah. Why? Because I'm a dork. I watched the Chiefs' whole playoff run yesterday. I was, like, watching it, and I'm like, I'm such a loser. It's, 12, it's 2 in the afternoon, and I'm sitting here watching Texans-Chiefs like it's real. Does your family in that moment go, do you not like us? 
Do you just not like us? No, what what's, what's weird is, like, I will still interact with them, but, like, act like it's a live game on TV and be like, wait, hold on. <laughs> and, like, watch it like I haven't seen it. But, um, okay, so back to the point is, you know, again, Kittle, Kittle is – Kelsey is more slick running the ball. Kittle, Kittle is arguably the best run-blocking tight end in football. So, and that one, it's not even close. Like, Kelsey makes fun of Kelsey for the way he blocks in the run game. And I know that's not what he's asked to do, and that's not his bread and butter, but it doesn't matter. It's what we're talking about, the best tight end in football, you know? And one guy's not a liability in one of those areas of what's asked to do for a tight end. So, Kittle, clearly better there. And then Kittle, I would also sit here and just go, like, as a pat route runner, it's not far off from a Kelsey, and yet he's capable of doing a lot more with the ball in his hand. I mean, we have highlights of Kittle going for 60 and 70 yard well, touchdowns that the last play year. Is a big one where he's dragging that, players right. too. We don't have any Kelsey plays like can't that. Do that but well, yeah. yeah, but we don't really have plays like that. Kelsey, sure. we have a lot of like, hey, 10 yard catch, make somebody miss and gets 15, or you know, 12 yard catch, breaks an arm tackle and gets 18. Mm-hmm. But we have a lot of plays over the last year of like. Wait, they're running like a wide receiver corner post 70-yard bomb to George Kittle. Or they're running a screen to him, and he broke it up the middle for a 60-yard touchdown. Sure. You know, he's a game-breaker that way to where that's where I just say the difference is. And, and yeah. again, that's no disrespect. Because to, you like Kelsey. You think he's number two he's awesome. in football, right? Yes. right? Number two, number three. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. But, you know, yeah, I think if I just look at it that way, um, yeah, I'm putting Kittle in a little bit of uh, higher regard than, than Travis Kelsey. And I, I don't say that lightly because I really like Travis Kelsey. All right, Chris, we're not the only podcast out there. I know people think that sometimes, but there are other podcasts out there. Uh, Peter King's got a podcast. He's on his training camp tour right now. He's in the car. You were in the car last year. I was. Yep. Uh, he is in the car with our friend Annie this year. Oh. So Annie took your place. Way to go, Annie. So Annie is in the car there, driving them around. Uh, they visited the Bucks, the Falcons, Titans, Chiefs to come. I saw him today talking to Tom Brady. It's Tom crazy. Brady told him that this is the first time in his 30 years playing football he's had an offensive-minded head coach. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I mean, that really is, you know, just the sheer numbers of that. Um, but I'm sure it's got to be refreshing. I mean, it's all about the offense, attack, 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 and he's got the weapons around him. And it's just funny to see. You know, Peter King, he's out there watching some of these practices, and then he's got to go back to his hotel room. Or the parking lot. Or the parking lot to do an interview with a guy that was just like 20 feet from him on the practice field. So it's just the the times we live in, it still is like amazing to see sometimes. But I love the Peter uh, Peter King training camp tour. It's as good as it gets. Great podcast. If you had your uh, druthers, would you be in the car with him again this year? Would Uh, you like to go back in the car with him? I... I mean, there's. I mean, the car was okay. <laughs> okay, I do love going to training camps. You like being at the camp with them. I love being at the camps with them. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't like to be in any car or any plane for too long, especially not next to a smelly man. Okay, I mean, that's just whether it was you, my dad, yeah, you know, Sam Flood, our boss, whoever. I don't want to be next to them that long. Yeah. All right, you spend uh, enough time with us, we're gonna smell bad. And, yeah, and right, exactly. Yeah. But I would like to be at training camps just to get some of the inside looks and see some of these teams and players and. Talk to a few, few people. So they got an eight-hour drive tomorrow from Nashville to Kansas City. Good luck, uh, Annie, with that. The oh. Peter King podcast is out there. We are done, Chris. We're going to stop down. We're going to erase the whiteboard in a separate video. Yeah. You're going to diagram a play yep. if you're up to it. I am. 
um, and then uh, then we'll go home. That's it. We're done. We'll be back on Thursday. Big Phil, maybe Ahmed. I don't know. You'll, you'll be here or not. I don't know. I don't I know if we'll be here. You've think... really become big time around here. I'll tell you. I know. I'm pretty Man, busy. I got I'm more busy people now. pulling for you at NBC Sports. I'm pretty busy. I'm pretty busy. All right. So we'll see. But I don't know if Ahmed will be here. But I'll be here, and we'll get the big fucker here, and then we'll see. Hopefully, you're here. I and think it's I'll be here. Time. I'm really not that busy. Clap, clap it up. up. Clap it up. <laughs> clap it up. <laughs> good pod. Good pod. Good pod. Good to be back together. Ah, yes. Peace. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.